2: All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 34. 34. 34. Yeah, of The Podcast. Uh, monumental. Monumental. It's a big one. First and foremost, thank you guys for rocking with us. Thank you to the city of Houston. Shout out um, to y'all. Yeah, ball out there, man. The whole city came out. Shout out to Texas. We, the, we the, appreciate you. Your love was definitely felt. Shout out to everybody. This is an exciting episode for us because we talk about, you know, business a lot. And we talk a lot of times and just not just us in general like you'll read stuff you'll hear stuff about hard decisions that have to be made in business right yeah. but it's one thing to read about something or to hear about something but it's another thing to actually get it from you know the actual source, source. yeah <laughs> so this is this is what this is so we got jabari johnson here and his story is pretty legendary he went viral because he wrote a very interesting article about why he turned down a million dollars. He ended up in our DM. Yeah. So I'm gonna give the quick backstory. Um, so Jabari, we're gonna go into a lot of different things, but he's a Howard uh, University alumni. Yeah. Bison. Bison. HU. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the real, the real HU, right? Yeah, the real issue, <laughs> the real one. <laughs> Not, Not to be confused. Not to have no, to I got to. So he he went to Howard and then he um he started throwing these these R and B parties, right? And hip hop parties at first. Hip hop, okay. He started throwing Mm -hmm. hip hop parties. And then he noticed at the end of the party set he would do R and B. And then the R and B actually got a bigger crowd reaction than the hip hop part that, yeah. the rap part like, before,
0: before I let go oh, right? it's like if you hear that if you hear that song in a party man listen. two things about that man. if you hear that
2: song in a party <laughs> you already know it's, I used to I went to school in Baltimore so that was like a legendary like 155 like put that song on it's like that had to happen but alright so he started um, did that and then he realized the traction with the R&B so then he started doing R&B only parties right shows sure. Show, show, show. Yeah, my my yeah. bad. You might have to define the distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> r and only shows, and then that just kind of just took off. And then he started doing, like, bigger and bigger venues, right? And if you're familiar with, like, EDM, right, where we're at now with DJs, and DJs, some DJs get paid more than entertainers, right? A so lot of DJs, Like, yeah. these, these EDM yeah. sets, they'll have, like, 50,000 people come with no performance. Yeah. It's just the DJ kind of like a hype man situation and they just play the music and it's just yeah. a vibe and he created that with the R&B right? right so then he started that so he started a company called Colors Worldwide and then he started R&B only which is that the R&B um kind of show it's an R&B show right yeah. with no performance sometimes you have performance but it's not built with performance exactly. it's just built yeah. with just the music
0: mm-hmm. and that blew up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you called call it EDM with a. Uh... Turned into uh, music that is baby making music. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then bro.
2: you started going on tour, mm-hmm. and then you got offered a million dollars, and you turned it down. Now you're doing festivals. That's a whole lot going on. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Oh, so, thank, thank you man. guys welcome, for welcome. having me. Man,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Like we were saying,
0: and you got yeah. nine one four ties. Yeah, 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 nine one yeah. four ties, man. <laughs> sure, no,
2: sure. <laughs>
1: shout out to uh, you know the whole uh, upstate. So mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about
2: the business. But before we want to talk about the the, the details of the business, I want to talk about the beginning. Because a lot of times people have ideas, right? But the hardest part for me and for anybody is the first step, right? Mm -hmm. So you had an idea that you want to start doing these shows, right? And you're young when you first started. You're still young now. But, like, what's the first step that you took to get this off the ground and up and running?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll give you two first steps. I'll give you the first step of – um, starting like just the company in general, colors worldwide, and then I'll tell you the, the 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 step of R&B only. Um, so I I I knew that I could start doing like small events because <laughs> when I was at Howard, uh, we 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 did like a um, me and my friends, and I was, I was kind of took the lead on it, but we did a a party that was uh on a on a bus like a like a party bus right and so it was like we had to get a bunch of people to essentially buy tickets it was really to chip in on the bus price right and then we took you know we had a plan and we sort of took this route and then i was like because i was like a filmmaker i was like videotaping everything and i wanted to make this like cool video um and i want to do this like every time we would come back for like homecoming because homecoming is like really big that didn't pan out, but, like, it was, like, two times, and then we, we finished it. But when I saw that, like, th- that was, like, I could gather these people. I could get people to, like, give money to something, and at the end of the day, like, it w- it, it worked, and it had, like, that's how people, they had a good time, and I had the proof to, like, because I made this little one-minute video as, like, this is proof that it actually happened. I realized, like, I could start to congregate people and get people to buy into an experience of mine, right? And so that's how, like, you know, eventually that would lead to like colors, and then um, R and B only. The way that started was really playing the music at the end and being like, "Whoa!" And I asked the crowd. It was just that that moment. I had like I had the opportunity to do legitimate market research, right? Because I stopped the music and I said, "Hey guys, if I just did an R and B only event, would you guys come?" And the crowd erupted. Yeah. They just went, you know what I mean? <laughs> they went crazy. And that was the proof of concept. And then I did, you know, I said, okay, here's here's a show that I'm, you know, introducing. It's called R&B Only. And I made it free with RSVP. Um, and that's important because I didn't just start charging people immediately, right? Like I gave people the opportunity to come for free, but it really wasn't free. It was them giving me their email at the time Good. was an opportunity for me to communicate with them in the future and let them know about my future events and so i think that was the way to do it. and it's starting small you know like the first r&b only we did was in a venue that maybe held 200 people you know it wasn't it, it, it wasn't like i didn't come out the gate like let's go for a thousand cap you know uh concert venue i did it in a very very small bar and then um it it, it grew rapidly shortly after
0: that yeah, so, so uh, I was just saying, like, a lot of that is commendable, right? Just to go back, it's like a lot of times kids think, like, I have to be the front of the stage, right? Like, I have mm-hmm. to be the performer, right? You flipped that and said, like, I don't have to be the performer. I just have to be the curator of the crowd, right? Yep. Like, you are the MC on the stage. Yeah, uh-huh. So my thing is, like, when when you realize that, what type of demographics were you looking for to come to R&B only?
1: Um, you know, at first I was just like, whoever wants to come to this thing, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a a specific idea of the demographic of people that I wanted in mind. What ended up happening was after six months of sort of like doing it and like starting in three cities at first, then it expanding, I started to see, okay, these are the people that like this show. And that was primarily young, uh, I would just say millennial black and Latino women. It really depended on the makeup of the city that we were in. But I, I quickly realized like I thought that this was gonna be something where, you know, men would love it because girls are coming here and like you it's know two, that's a two pack theory, right? <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> you know, if, if if there's a bunch of women here, men are gonna come. Right. And we have we have a, a male fan base now, but our our specific audience is definitely more female leaning. And so everything that we do within the show is with them in mind you know what I mean like yeah. so now that we 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 know who our audience is we know how to talk to our audience so a lot of times when you see like our voice on social media or our voice in an email there are subtle subtle things that make you feel like it's a woman talking to a woman you know what I mean mm. because that's who the primary audience is yeah. um, now that's dope and I, I want to go back to what you said
2: before is a lot of times we, we over complicate things right business The key to business is to keep it simple so when you say like market research the best market research is to ask your market right just ask the people so you 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 said would you be interested that's Mm -hmm. no different from going on instagram putting a poll up in your stories Mm -hmm. hey if i did a live podcast would you guys be interested yes or no (laughs) if we (laughs) if we want to do a show about the music industry is that a good idea Mm -hmm. sound off in the comments like Mm -hmm. This is perfect way, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not, you're going to pay a million dollars for, yeah, for people you know, to do the, all these analytics.
1: Yep. If you have the audience, yep. ask them, ask yep. a question. Yep. And you know what? You know, I think that another thing that people, people miss is in terms of simplicity, right? And we were just talking about this with, with the name of your podcast, Earn Your Leisure, right? Like, you are talking about business moves and how to earn the ability to be able to relax, right? It's from working, Right. Yeah. And when you know people now R and B only just like kind of rolls off the tongue, and so when you say it, it sounds like a brand. A lot of people know it. You know, we reach a lot of people, and you know, people we're we're well known at this point, right? We I always say like we're we're well known unknowns because like the culture knows about us, but like we're not known on like a corporate level just yet, right? Like there's a lot of people that are still within the music industry. It's because a lot of these people are dinosaurs. But you know, I digress. But who don't know about us? But 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 in the beginning, for for people to be able to know about us and know what it was, and easily get people to come, look at the name, R and B only. It's like we just play R and B music. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it. Easy, no the the No, you know what I mean? Like now, now, granted, we do have like hip hop sets every once in a while to like break the monotony of just you know R and B music up. But um but yeah it's 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 simple it's like I know what this is you know what I mean it's not called like you know you know slow <laughs> dance you know whatever you know you you, you know the you all try to get like names. fancy oh, nah, yes yeah, nice yeah. it's, nah, it's, it's unnecessary. that's
2: actually a, a, that's actually a really good point you got to give it to them where they can understand it immediately yep R&B only Yep. And and don't, and don't ask know, me what you, it is like R and B only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. Here's, here's, here's a be thing, like, because no. you're
1: still you're still going to get people who don't understand what it is because the the concept is so new, right? Yeah. So that's another thing. It's like, you know, in our culture, we haven't had something where it's a show, but there's no performance essentially, right? Like when you say a show and it's at a venue that are, that normal you know artists have concerts in. People are just like, "What is this?" Oh, you, you, you don't know how many people <laughs> ask us. Well, what is this? Is it a concert? Is it a this? Is it a that? And it's like, we have tons of videos showing you what it is. You know, we explain that it is a DJ based experience, but still, people are still like, you know, a lot of people just don't are lazy and don't mm-hmm. want to do research, and you a, know, a, a
2: lot of people don't have a, a brain
1: because, <laughs> like, even on our thing, like, we put like,
2: uh, and um, we do events and we like um. Go to the event tab on our website. Mm-hmm. And people was like, um, how do I register?
0: Yo, oh yeah, where do I go? I just yeah. said it.
2: Literally in the <laughs> yeah. caption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, Yo, where, it's where y'all gonna be next. <laughs> and it's 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 to say this,
1: it's to say, you know, people um like because we, we we get those type of comments, right? So like on our social media, you know, somebody will uh, you know, they'll 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 tag their friends in a comment and say, like, hey, I want you to come with me to this. And then, like, you know, somebody will literally say, like, how much are tickets? And it's like, you just need to click the buy tickets. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but this is the day and age we're living in, right? Where, like, people don't want to go an extra mile and an extra inch, right? Yeah, I wouldn't even say a mile. Yeah, it's not a mile, right? (laughs) They don't want to click a button. but, But, you know, they will be weeded out, right? So, like, those people that won't click on the events tab for you... Those are pe- those are the people that you probably don't even want to be yeah, in, yeah, anyways. You know what I mean, right? And it's the same thing for us, where it's like, you know, Pusha T said it best. You know, if you know, you know, and that's kind of how we move. You know, it's like we, we we always say our show. There's so much content about our show out there. There's so many videos. There's so many pictures. All you got to do is go to IGTV and look, or or go to YouTube, Facebook. There's there's media everywhere, and you know it's but but we still even say with that being said we still say it's just better experienced than explained you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if you if you can't get it from what we've already explained then it's cool but you know and then hopefully hopefully you get there from the best marketing tool ever which is word of mouth you know
2: and the power's in the name once again i mean mm-hmm. you go to la you tap in, the first thing you want to do is go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. You don't go to Roscoe's <laughs> yeah, Chicken yeah. and Waffles not knowing what they serve. They serve yeah. chicken and waffles. Yes. <laughs> they serve other stuff, but it's well, chicken, and know chicken and waffles. <laughs> i like, right, 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 It's, right. it's yeah. in the name. Yeah. So, all right. So, now we're going to go into, we're going to go in-depth as far as the business model of where you guys are at now. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting. I think it's something that people can really learn a lot from. So, that's what we're going to go into in the next segment. All right. So, now we're going to go into the second segment. We're going this is what EYL is known for, and why everybody loves this. We're gonna go deep into the business side of things, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a booming operation right now, right? So can we talk about the inner workings of of, of um, how it looks? Because you said something interesting. You said, um, you know, you're integrated vertically. That's you know, something that you're always interested in. So a lot yep. of times, well, people heard that, may have heard that for the first time with um, Nipsey yep. RIP, yeah. Nip, when he said, "I'm integrated vertically." Y'all mm-hmm. blew it and people, some people didn't fully understand what that means, so can you talk about what the vertical integration for you looks like? Yeah,
1: absolutely, I mean, so vertical integration is really just like owning the whole process of your relationship with your consumer, right? So for us, um, I'll break down sort of like how an artist normally would get paid from like a live show or a tour experience, and then I'll I'll break down how we sort of attack that model and how vertical integration applies in a live space. So typically, uh, a company, i.e., a, 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 let's just say first an artist wants to go on a tour. An artist has an agent. That agent then says, hey, this artist is going on tour, and they reach out to promoters to essentially buy maybe the whole tour, and it's just like promoted by one company. Or individual promoters in certain markets, right? And they buy into a tour, and they give that artist a guarantee. That would be like an AEG or Live Nation. Yeah, AEG or Live Nation is the the two big examples of this. Um, And the agents are people like CAA, ICM, companies in in that realm that represent the talent. So the agent says this artist fee is let's just say twenty thousand dollars. So that artist shows up, performs, people buy tickets and they get their $20,000, and they leave, right? Now, that's normal, but the thing that the artist doesn't benefit from with that is the consumer data, as well as things like uh, the sales of concessions, and that's like food and bar revenue. Um, So how we flip that idea on its head is we don't ask for a guarantee for people to come to our shows. We just rent the venues, assume all the risk for the venue rental, And then uh, we pay the, 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 the venue, whatever the fee is, and then we control the ticketing. And when people buy the tickets from us, we retain that consumer data and we're able to remarket and talk to those people, you know, the next time we come and do a show. The thing with an artist, when they come in, you know, to a venue, if they want to come back they only the only way that they can like stay in that same venue or move to a bigger venue is essentially if they're like hot. Right. So you have to yeah. remain hot. You have to have songs on the radio. You have to, you know, be doing all this stuff on Instagram and social media. And with us, we don't have to have any of that. We just have to keep doing more shows, essentially, and build our consumer base. And that just adds to the amount of people that we are able to then notify the next time that we come to the city.
0: Yeah, that was like what you were saying earlier when you were getting the RSVPs. Mm-hmm. It was free, but the data was what you really wanted because Absolutely. you can collect it and, and tell people about the events that you're doing. Yep. Right now, on the what you're doing now is, and you said this in your article, it was like when an artist is hot, it's easy to you know get booked for a show, but the maybe five, ten years when they're not. They don't have the clientele to even know who their audience they is. They don't even
1: know who their audience is. Right. Exactly. Like, they, they're using all these third-party tools, essentially, right? right? And, you know, we all know with Instagram, when you make a post, not every one of your followers gonna is going to see that, right? And it's the same thing with an artist. When you sell, the, but, but it's even worse, right? Because, like, that's that's the most important people that you need to be able to communicate with. Why? Because those are the people that are literally paying you, right? Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are... That's an actual consumer versus just a follower, right? Somebody who's paid to go and see a show, you're telling me, like, if I'm an artist and I'm not able to talk to those people, that's insane to me. But yeah. the—but you give it up when you take a guarantee and you allow somebody else to assume the risk. But the thing is... that And, and here's, here's the, the, the real catch is where, like... Th- the more the more tickets that these large companies sell right they're businesses right they're just building their database so now if they have three r&b artists that they've done shows with in the past it's like they can just market the next r&b artist to to to, because these people are interested in this right and they and they're just huge troughs of data essentially um these these large promoters And, you know, but people just think that this is the only way that it can be done because for so many years it's been done like this. Um, And people haven't like the thing that's happened in music is we've seen a influx of people taking a stand and becoming independent on the recorded music side. Right. And so a lot of these artists that you see that they're saying, like, I'm independent, you know, I don't want to sign a label deal, blah, blah, blah. Yes, they are independent on their maybe on their recorded music. But please believe that the, the, the new record label is just, like, you know, the Live Nations and the AEGs of the world. And, like, they're still in these touring deals. Yeah. And they're not really independent when it comes to their live operation. And, again, there's nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm not downplaying, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about the AEGs and Live Nations of the world by any means. But I think that um, true independence is being independent in every single, you yeah, know, especially, aspect.
0: especially if that's where most of the money's coming from. Like, they're not yeah. making as much money from the You're recording. they yeah, are yeah, making yeah. it from when you tour, right? Yeah. So, like, thinking of the long term play where it's like, you know what, I could take this upfront money now, or long term, I can get the data and now I know my fan base going 10, 15, maybe 20 years mm-hmm. where well, I can still perform in these cities. Absolutely. The value
2: yeah. is in the, I don't think people, I don't even want to brush over this because it's. I don't think people fully understand how valuable data is. Facebook just had the biggest. Settlement or fine in like the history of everything, and they'll take that because everybody knows what happened. They took <laughs> yeah. your information, but that's yeah. how valuable your information yeah. is, Google. right? So yeah. it's, it's, it's a reason why when you sign up to all of these things, they ask for your date of birth, they ask where you live. They they this is like solid goal mm-hmm. right? Because now they can market to you forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they can market to you forever. They know your likes. Now they they can figure out what kind of music you listen to, what kind of clothes you wear. Every single thing that you and it's like a lifetime as opposed to you going to a store and you buy candy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the old way of doing business is to say, okay, you brought that candy. I need you to come into the store every week, every day for me to make money off of you, mm-hmm. right? The new mm-hmm. way is to say, okay, you brought that candy. But when you brought the candy, I made you fill out a form. So now I'm text messaging you pictures of right. chocolate bars throughout I'm the soliciting day, you. and 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 you know
1: what? Uh, uh, another point to make, as as you know, if any marketers are listening to this, right? Not not just consumers, but it's like because data is so valuable, you need to treat it as such. You need to treat it as a a precious thing, and you can't overextend. You know, your welcome and your ability to market to people, right? Just because you have all this data, for instance, SMS with us is huge, right? Like being able to text our fan base and let them know when tickets are are on sale that's a huge thing but we don't send many text messages because it's intrusive you know what i mean and and if you if you send a text message to people you know too frequently they will quickly unsubscribe from that right and 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 the and the data that is so valuable and important will actually become meaningless if you abuse it so you know, this is this is the, the, the thing that people need to understand. Like, while data is a, is valuable, it's very important not to abuse that data. Yeah, Jesse. and you don't have to
2: guess. Because like I said, now you can reach out to people and as opposed to they might not ever come back to your candy store, but you that doesn't mean that they can't buy candy, mm-hmm. right? They don't have to physically be there. Now they can order it over the mail or they yeah. can order it yeah. online. They can do a lot of different things. So this is why data is so important. And if you think about it, is something that you said to us off camera that made a lot of sense like even in iTunes like you might sell you might stream a billion records you don't know
0: who one of those persons <laughs> yeah, that yeah, actually like, brought it yeah, like, right like it?
2: think about that like Drake probably i think he broke the streaming record how many how many records did he stream?
0: he did a billion in the first week
2: how many of those people does he actually have relationships with
0: right yeah
2: right that's a billion like that's crazy right Jay Cole said they're using computers right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, these yeah. <laughs> well yeah. that's a different conversation <laughs> but, uh, but um so it's like i would rather actually have a million people or a hundred thousand people's information yeah. absolutely than a hundred million yeah. people that i don't know it's, 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 it's
1: the same thing right with us right like you know i i'm not gonna share our like how many emails and phone numbers we have right yeah but i will say it's it's multiples times how many followers we have on Instagram. That means more. Way more. <laughs> yeah. Way more. We, like, this is why, you know, when, like, I, I say we're kind of like sleeping giants, right? Because, like, we we may have 50-something thousand followers on the R&B only Instagram page, but boy, when you look at that email and phone number list, you know, you'd be surprised. And that's, that's essentially how we built our consumer, our relationship, and that's how we'll continue to grow is by directly having a relationship versus having a relationship. I think
0: you coined coined the term own your audience. Yeah, own your audience. It it was was like you have that that direct line of communication with the people who are coming. Absolutely.
2: So, all right, and then as far as the, the monetary side, you guys put up all the financial um, yeah. risk. So you can talk about that. You can talk about that off camera, too. That's a little different than the regular touring model. Yeah, tour. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, and it's a lot of risk, right? So, like, think about, like, I mean, certain venues that we play in, they may cost 10, 20, 30 grand to to rent these venues, right? So imagine if you're doing a tour, right? Like, that's a lot of upfront capital. And with, co- with a lot of these uh, companies that own the rooms, You you don't have to put the whole money up front, but sometimes it's half, you know, Mm. or sometimes it's a quarter. Um, And so when you're talking about 30 shows, average of 20 to 30 thousand dollar rentals, you know what I mean? Like this can get to be a lot of upfront capital um, that's going out and you have to plan these things way in advance. Right. Sometimes six months, sometimes 18 months, depending on how big the show is and how uh, the availability looks for something in a a marketplace. Because I'm not just competing with, you know, people in like the R&B space, right? These are the venues that everybody tours in, right? So I'm competing with the rock acts that want to come and book shows there. I'm competing with the rap acts, the hip hop acts, the R&B acts, anybody that's in the live space that's who i'm competing with in terms of like holds on venues so you know you have to it's 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 a it's a it's a capital upfront business that you don't really see the money um until it comes back because then here's another thing that happens a lot of people are wait last minute to to buy a ticket to a show like think about the last time you all might have went to something right you might you might have said oh this thing is happening this weekend so I'm going to get a ticket this weekend. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, here in New York, it's like these guys, they know like when I, I get tickets, I'm like the first guy in line because I know like uh, things yeah. are going to sell out fast like, <laughs> yep. and then it's so, like, I can't do
2: it. That's interesting. So as far as to say, okay, you're 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 a promoter, right? You're promoting your own events, but you're a promoter.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say we're a promoter, but so I mean, that's so that's another thing, right? Like in terms of the vertical integration, it's like. We are the people that are actually like producing the event. We're the talent for the event. Mm -hmm. We also market the show. Um, So that's an aspect, you know what I mean?
0: And you control tickets and and Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: what I was going with that, as far as
1: marketing, right? So
2: promoting marketing, however you want to phrase it, you you put it out there for the public, right? Mm -hmm. What's the ratio that you look for? Okay, the first week I need to have 50% of the tickets sold. That's a great question. Going into it, I need to... Like when do you start? To, like this is looking a little shaky. Like, <laughs> like yeah, there? we might have you to cancel know, this show. you know you so, know oh yeah. I mean, there's been a few shows canceled,
1: man. Shout out to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> we love now. We love everybody in South Carolina. Yeah, um, but y'all just gotta buy tickets, man. <laughs> so essentially, um, I, the way I can I can I can phrase it because every every place is different, right? Some places you go to, you might sell. You know, in the in the in the first day when it goes on sale, which is the most important day. Um, it might it might sell like you know you might sell ten percent of the venue you might sell five percent of the venue but that show actually may be a sellout by the time doors open mm. you just you know it just depends but I think if you do sell on an on sale the term is on sale right like you have an annou- the way this works is you have an announce and you have an on sale so typically we announce shows on a Monday and then we actually go on sale on a Friday, um so it gives people that window to sort of like register for a pre-sale and and you incentivize people to buy tickets early. So when a ticket goes on sale, that's typically the cheapest price that that tip that that, that ticket will be. And you're rewarding people for committing to the show early. And so the amount that you I feel like, you know, any event producer would want to be at. Maybe you're looking at, yeah, if you're at, like, 50%, that's great. You know what I mean? I feel like that's, when we do numbers like that, we know that. 50% oh, sh-
2: at what date? At like, first on day? the first, on sale. First first first,
1: yeah, or, out, yeah, like, the first 48 hours. That's that's kind of how you know, like, the this momentum. show's on yeah. pace to sell out. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, then if you, if you have a bad on sale, and we've had plenty of those, um, before we, like, got good at marketing, uh, you know, you might be at, like, 10%, 5%. And then you're like, wow, it's going to be an uphill battle to sell the rest of these tickets.
0: 2016, right? R&B only. That's when it launches, right? Yeah. That's when it launches. How many shows, how many venues were you guys looking at in that first year? In
1: that year, we did, uh, I think we did 30-something, maybe maybe 35. And then in 2000, uh, no, no, maybe we did, no, 2016, we probably did 20. And then the next year, we probably did in the 30s. And then last year, two thousand eighteen, we did sixty seven. Right? Yeah, I think. So yeah.
2: can we talk all right, so we talked about as far as you guys, you put up the money yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously it's more of a risk, but you get more reward also, right? Definitely. So as far as the revenue, what does your revenue look like different from others? Like how like you get different parts that a regular person that's doing an event wouldn't get by not putting up?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know, I gotta shout out Live Nation. They're 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 huge. Uh, they're they're not investors in our company, but we work with them a lot, mm-hmm. um, and we have a very unique and incredible relationship with them. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we we there's sometimes where we participate in bar revenue from certain venues, right? Uh, there's certain times where, uh, and that's just not just Live Nation, but that's just across the board. Some some venues that uh, that we're doing shows in. Some some sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes a venue might be so in demand that they know they're that they can sort of like offer this kind of deal and like not give you anything from the bar um some venues we participate in uh parking you know concessions which is food and beverage sales um as well as tickets right like
0: yeah, that's something that artists don't get right? most not, of the time not yeah, nah, from parking
1: no 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 I mean you you The ones that do are probably like, you know, they're so big, like the Taylor Swift's of the world, maybe the Beyonce's of the world. Um, Yeah, because it's something that a lot of artists. Here's the thing. There are not many artists that are producing their own shows. Mm -hmm. There are not many artists that are putting up the capital to do a show. They're just getting a guarantee you know what I mean okay. so like they're not, their agents are not even asking for some of these yeah, things
0: I, re- I remember a few years ago I think uh, Beyonce did a deal with Pepsi mm-hmm. and they sponsored the entire tour I think it was the yeah, Beyonce South album okay. yeah when when she t- was starting to do the, the baseball stadiums yeah. I think she had just did the Super Bowl they sponsored that with her and uh-huh. Mars, and then they did the tour so like that's an example of where yeah that they're, sponsorship they're sponsoring the yep. entire show, mm-hmm, entire tour mm-hmm. so maybe she's like I went to a few other shows and it was like people don't they forget about those calls. like when you buy food at the venue yeah when you pay forty dollars to park at the venue yeah yeah all these things including I mean, merch at the venue
1: merch at the yeah and a lot of times when when artists do do a, a merch deal um and you and they're buying merch at a venue uh typically the venue is taking some of that percentage right usually it's anywhere between like thirty and ten percent that the venue's getting just just to allow you to, to sell merch in there yeah um which is another important reason why you know owning the data is is important right because if you have a store that you can sell online and you know these people have came to your show but you had the data to talk to them and say hey if you didn't get merch at the show you can get it online on my online store and you're not having to pay a venue a certain cut of you know that money
2: Brian Leslie has something you familiar with? Yeah, he's of doing? course. Yeah, yeah. yeah with he, us,
1: uh, what's the phone app?
2: Um, yeah, he actually reached out to me. Um, we had communicated in DM. Um, shout out to him. But yeah, he has super some, phone, right? Yeah, the, yeah he yeah. has something similar to that. So, do you think that this is where we're headed? As far as like you, everybody's on the wave of owning your masters and mm-hmm. being independent. That's pretty much established now. Even mm-hmm. though a lot of people still don't own their masters, but at least that's kind of the narrative yeah. is out there, right? Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people are talking about this, what you're talking about, no, owning no your way.
1: information, owning your data. Mm-hmm. You think that's like the next wave? I hope it is. And I'm, I'm trying to be a person that champions that, right? And that like helps uh, people do that. I mean, one thing that I want to start doing is producing tours for other artists, but using this model that we have, right? So like maybe it's, we come in with, you know, or, or, or maybe it's not even a tour, right? Maybe it's just a, a festival or one show that we help an artist do. And so that they can see like, hey instead of letting you know some other person do it, like we can share the data, you know what I mean? Like, and you can actually own the data that, you know, the, the 5,000 tickets you sell, it would be nice to like talk to those people again. You know what I mean? And like, you kind of have to do it in small steps to show people, cause like a lot of people don't realize the importance of it right now. Um, but here's another thing that it takes. The, the reason why we've seen this, this, uh, this movement towards independence in music and recorded music is because the cost of creating the music has gone down so significantly, right? It still costs a lot of money to produce a show for 5,000 people or 2,000 people or 1,000 people, right? There's a lot of upfront costs that you have to put out. Um, and and that's the thing, like you can make a song for next to nothing right now. You can't produce a tour, let alone one event for next to nothing, right? And so it's this is all a question of risk, right? Like I was just uh really willing to risk all of my personal capital because what I, I, I knew that the idea I had was gonna work out and I was so um I, I, I just believed in the idea so much. Um and I was so passionate about this thing. But, you know, a lot of people are not willing to bet on themselves when it comes to money. And that's that's what's gonna, you know
2: And the approach you took you just kept flipping, right? Like from the yeah, first part you flipped, just flipped. The, the profit put it back in put the profit back in then you just get absolutely absolutely i mean
1: to this day i still don't pay myself you know a salary um i pay my staff you know well before i i take any money um and that's just that's just you know i invest into office space i invest into production i invest into um people you know i invest into yeah like talent. You know what I mean? And and when I say talent, I don't mean just artists, right? I mean, like employees and people who are going to help the operation grow. Um, because me taking money out and, you know, buying myself something nice, you know, money is, I look at money as like a, a, a tool, right? Like money is, they're like workers. Every dollar is like a little small worker that can, can build and turn into more dollars mm-hmm. and turn into more opportunities. But you have to put those dollars to work. If you just are buying something like you know because you want to reward yourself, um, that doesn't necessarily—it's that value is just gone. It's a missed immediately. opportunity. Yeah. Once, it's
2: all about mindset. Once you start to realize, once you start to look at money like that, you will never really want to buy nine. No, like it's <laughs> exactly. like it's like once you really start to look at it like that, when you start to understand it like that, right? Because it's like okay, I could buy this thirty thousand dollar Rolex, but that thirty thousand dollar Rolex is going to cost me. Hundred and twenty thousand yeah, dollars, like you know, what I'm yeah, saying because yeah, ultimately that thirty thousand could have got flipped four times, absolutely, in two we're, years, or one year. So then you become you got really got to, you got to be careful because, like I said, now you can get to a point where you don't never want to spend money because yeah, it's like yep. I'm putting everything back in. But I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you one question also. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you did you ever get bank financing? So uh, I've all I've always taken out like loans and stuff, right? Bank, so like bank loans. Yeah. Well not from traditional banks but like more like startup company banks and stuff like that um and yeah even now we have you know various loans and stuff and we have a we do have a deal with live nation that is not it's financing but it's just essentially a loan it's like let me
2: ask you let me ask you a question because um this is something that we had, we haven't come i just thought about it but mm-hmm. um at what point were you able to get a bank loan or a line of credit. This is something that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. it all comes down to funding. One one of the reasons why a lot of businesses don't get off the ground, especially in our communities, that they don't have money. They Absolutely. They, they can't fund probably. We're going to talk about funding in the next episode next edition. I mean the next segment, but I want to talk about that right now. When were you able to secure a relationship with a bank to even get a loan? Just I don't yeah. whatever the first loan.
1: Um so you know it wasn't banks first. I was using I was using my American express card, like a bank. Yeah. Like, so, so that is how, you know, I was building my credit on there and I was just like, you know, using that 45 day window to like flip and make money. You know what I mean? So like once I, once I started getting to a point where I needed like serious capital, I was just like, okay, we got to use this American express. And like hopefully we have another event that happens and then this money from this event will pay this American Express bill and then to move forward and keep putting holds on venues like and that's it. And then the American Express, me building the credit on there was able to get me like other credit cards and that type of thing. So I the way that I funded the business initially was capital from credit cards and like paying those back as fast as I could. And then just the money that was being generated from the actual shows yeah you
0: went from i think five hundred thousand in 2016 to, to 1.2 million in 2017 and then to 2.1 million in 2018 yeah yeah i mean that's just in revenues in right. revenue, revenues, in revenues. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that was one of your models it was like profit we're going anything we're gonna we get right we're reinvesting profit into product yep And like that's a model that that is like people should follow that man yeah,
1: I think so. I think that um, you know, especially when something's working, I always tell my team like, if something's working, let's pour the gasoline on it. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, let's 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 make that little spark into a wildfire. All money in, man. Yeah, for sure, for all sure. Right.
2: So now we're gonna go into the last segment, and with everybody's waiting here, why you turn down 000, a million dollars? Oh, oh, we gotta do a figures. sanity test on you. See if you, <laughs> see if you pass it. But all right, all right. So now we're gonna go into. Everybody's been waiting here, right? Yeah. So, okay. how could you? So, so, <laughs> so, so you, you, you built the company yep. and, um, correct if the numbers is wrong, but this is the research that we got in 2016. Um, the gross revenue was 150,000, right? Um, what year
1: 2016? 2016? 100, yeah,
2: 150,
1: Yeah,
0: okay. 150,000. 150, 150,
2: 150, and then, yep. uh, 2017, we have 500,000. Yes. And then 2018, we have 2.1 million. 400
0: percent increase. Yeah. yeah. So, then yeah. Point, <laughs> so then at that point,
2: at that point in time, you, you you you're blowing up and you need you need help, right? You Definitely. Need, you need some financing yeah. outside of just flipping it and flipping it. So you seek the help of venture capital, right?
1: Well, yes, they they kind of reached out to me though. Okay. Uh, well, it was funny. I was talking to my agent, and um, you know I, he was just like, "Hey, you know, what do we want to do for next year and stuff like that," and this was in the the early days with with him, and he was just like, uh, I, I was telling him, I need some for money, man. You know what I mean? But you, the, you were putting a lot of the profit into well, the Well, before product. we right, even, yeah, <laughs> I because
2: I want to understand, Cause people hear you like two point one million? And for the average person that doesn't understand business, they don't know the difference between gross and net. Oh yeah, and, big like, difference. They think you' balling out of control. Like, mm-hmm. why you need money? But two point one million, like you said, I mean. That might mean a hundred thousand when it's, all said, yeah, and done. When it's like, all said and done, right? Because yeah. you got to always put money back in this. You got to pay your employees. You got to book the, the so that doesn't mean, or you might even be at a loss. I'll, yeah, uh, th- I mean, there are billion dollar companies that <laughs> there have net, been plenty net net of place.
1: shows where we've taken losses on, right? Yeah. Like where there's been absolutely no profit.
2: Exactly. So all right. So okay. So can you talk us through this this VC
1: experience? Yeah. Um, okay. So should we just start from the beginning? Yeah. And, exactly. uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Basically, you know, I I needed some capital um, and I was I was going to banks and mainly traditional lenders and I just wasn't getting enough. Right. So maybe I could get from like, you know, uh, a loan shark, essentially, Um, like 200K here, 100K here, stuff like that. Um, But they were at crazy interest rates, too. You know, so uh, once the kind of word got out that I that I needed some capital within you know, a few people in the entertainment industry, people started to reach out and I talked to this one company and at first, you know, they were, they, they, they loved the business model, right? Because they were, they were a music company as well. And so they loved the business model and they were like, this is something that, you know, we think we can, you know, help finance. And the initial offer, uh, they, they, they had to, give them my books, right? And they had to look into my financials and that type of stuff. So there were all kinds of like agreement, sign, NDA, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately when they looked, they said, okay, you know, we think a million dollars would, would help this guy's company out, but we want to take this large percent for a million dollars. You right? own a hundred percent of equity in the company. Right now I currently own 100% of colors worldwide. Yes. Um, and the company was, Uh, they the their initial offer was for forty percent of the company, uh, at one million dollars, and that would have put me at like a two point one million dollar valuation, something like that. Um, so (laughs) initially, I was just like, okay, you're telling me that the company is at a two point one million dollar valuation, and valuation just means how much your company is worth right now. Mm -hmm. But I had. I, ha- I was that in that time frame, I was on pace to, to make two, two point something million. Right. Yeah. So I was just like, usually to find the value of a company, there's a lot of different ways that it can be done. But usually you apply a multiple of revenues because in an early stage company, you know that you're doing exactly, you know, what you said. Right. Which is you're putting monies back in. So like revenue isn't important in the early stages because you're just trying to build audience. Right. So you might apply a three or four times multiple. So for me, I'm looking like my company is at least worth $6 million. And I really think it's worth like, you know, $8 million. So those are the numbers. I was trying to get $1.5 million at an $8 million valuation, right? That's what I was like really looking for. Um, and, you know, when they came in at the, uh, at the uh, 40% mark, I, I think that they just thought that I was like a young kid, you know what I mean? who's just going to like say, wow, here's a million dollars. This could help me out a lot. And just like give up that much ownership of my company. Um, so then that's where the negotiation process started. But what you also don't realize when you're talking about equity investment is that there's so many terms that you're going to have to iron out. And this is going to be a very long process. So from when they offered me that, to when I ultimately turned it down, it was a five-month process. You know what I mean? It took a really long time, and I'll I'll just you know I'll share some of the 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 terms that you know um, were unfavorable and and that I didn't really like. Uh, you know, one of those was um, there were uh, thresholds essentially that that would you know I could essentially not spend in the in the early days of negotiation i think it was like anything over fifty thousand dollars has to get unanimous board approval and for, for those that don't know that's saying that well number one we have to appoint a board to your company right and so the board would consist of me and then you know representatives from their company so like two other people and to get any major decision done you know you would have to everybody would have to say yes now this is how normal companies work right Right. like this is not anything that's weird or new but we're talking about a small amount of money in the grand scheme of things to me you know what i mean so i'm not looking to have unanimous board approval over spending something as nominal as fifty thousand dollars when i've already built this company to make 2.1 in gross revenue what's the point of
0: asking people when you're already doing it yourself? exactly
1: yeah um you know, so that was one of the 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 issues that I had. No, no. Um, another another issue was the vesting equity, right? So like, uh, you know, there were stipulations in the agreement at certain points where it's like my equity would have to vest in the company, right? So like, I would have to, uh, I would have to, essentially earn back the equity that I already have, right? So I already own one hundred percent of the company. But let's say if my, you know, equity went down to 60%, I would have to work, I would have to agree to work at the company for a certain amount of time to get get that equity back, right? And my equity would vest over years. But again, this is something that is not unusual, but it is unusual for somebody who has already, this company is five years old, right? And I've already done this by myself. I'm not vesting equity in something that I've built from the ground up. You know, at
0: one point they got the offer down to 1 million at 20%.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. And that, I mean, huge jump, right? right? Like huge, huge jump. And that was because our revenues were literally coming in in real time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This was, this was happening at the end of 2018 and the revenues were going up and they saw that, you know, we ended up being able to agree on that point. Um, so then, you know, the deal was starting to look a little more favorable Um, but why I ultimately walked away from the deal was because the threshold limits, right? So it was like, I think I had to, uh, I think it was $250,000 that, um, if I spent any time, anything over the 250,000, I would have to get unanimous board approval. And again, you know, I, I I haven't spent over $250,000 at one time yet. Right. But that's at that's at my company's revenues being two million, right? Like, but what happens when my company's revenues are ten million, you know, or twenty million? At that, um, the money that I, even now the amounts of money that I spend on things, you know, if if you would have asked me last year, you know, would you have spent you know over a million dollars in you know Facebook advertising in two years? I would have been like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like on 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 paid ad campaigns, but. Those are the numbers we're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. like and and you know in 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 years spans, um, so now I'm just like, you know, I don't want to put myself in a position where when I want to do something or let's say I want to buy a company, right? Like let's say I want to um, get an equity stake in another company, and um and 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 the cost is going to be three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, whatever. You know, yeah. I don't want to be in a position where I'm having to ask for approval from other people that are a, not even a part of the culture and know, <laughs> you know, they might not know that this is an actual real opportunity because they are not, they are not a part of the culture. You no, know I'm, what I mean? I'm thinking like,
0: in, my, in my head right now, like, if an artist like Chris Brown is like, Yeah, I'll do RB only, it's gonna cost you three hundred fifty. Like yeah. in your head or in my head, it's like that's a no brainer. We it gotta might, get, yeah, uh-huh. we gotta get him. Yep. But to ask people's approval it's like it's like yeah, they, know, they might not, not
1: they might not know. They might not understand, you know. And um and that that's the thing that really you know made me walk away but why I was considering it so much was because i had real situations i had real overhead i have real employees that have to provide for themselves they have you know themselves to feed they might they might have families to feed they might you know what i mean so these are this is this is why i was considering taking a deal like that um even though it sort of went against my principles i i knew that what was what was more important for me was that I need to pay my staff to be able to continue to make this thing move and operate. Um so I thought about it long and hard and you know they were they were still trying to work out the deal and then what happened was you know I just kind of I just knew that it wasn't right and I just said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to walk away from this, but what I want to do, I don't I want to turn you know I want to turn lemonade out of lemons and not just have this be something that is behind closed doors and that, you know, only I know about, only my team knows about. And I want, I wanted to help and share with other people. Look, this is something that you guys need to know. You know what I mean? Like this is something that the up and coming entrepreneur needs to know when building a business and when running into a situation where you feel like you're going to need capital, just know that these are things that you're going to have to consider. Right. And, and, and and I wanted to really, like, explain to people what, uh, you know, that, that these things are normal. But, again, it just wasn't something that I was comfortable with because I had... It, it would be normal if I was starting this company with these people. Mm-hmm. But I had already built this company, and then these terms are coming into play. And then, at the same time, you know, it was a way that, like, I wrote this article about my experience, and it kind of went, you know, semi-viral. And, and it was a way for... The world to know that, hey, this is a company that maybe I didn't know about, but maybe this is a good investment opportunity. You know what I mean? Or maybe like I could I could open up another door with sponsorship or something like that um, and just let people know about sort of like the business that we were doing. Um, and yeah, you know, and 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 the, the article kind of took off and we ended up uh, we ended up getting getting a loan, actually, um, from another company. And also, in the midst of, like, a bunch of other, you know, potential sponsorship things, even right now, right, like, we, we actually just got our first sponsor for, uh, for an upcoming show. Um, we, we did a deal with a mobile banking app that actually helps, um, you know, young people uh, with a banking system, you know what I mean, that's, like, kind of broken right now and, like, charging a lot of fees for stuff. Uh, we have did a partnership with them. Where we're encouraging people in our audience to use this mobile banking system, and they don't have to pay overdraft fees. You know, they don't. They can actually get uh, paychecks if they're working in the gig economy. You know, uh, Uber, Lyft, or at a restaurant where they're picking up shifts. This company actually pays uh, their their paychecks two days faster stuff like that mm. you know what i mean so
2: now the one the, the, the thing i like about the article that you wrote so you wrote the article when you when you decided like you said when you decided to turn down a million dollars you wrote the article mm-hmm. but you wrote it right and yeah you, you put it on twitter and the, the media it just took it from there and they yep. just media different media outlets start to pick it up so i say that to say because um uh, recently happened shout out to uh i think his the brother's name is naji young young um gentleman from philly and he wrote he wrote something on Instagram he like wrote an article himself about himself and mm-hmm. it was like four friends that like saved fifty dollars a week for two years and then they, they brought their first investment property they're all like in their 20s wow and he wrote like a, a, a eye-catching caption on it like four friends saved money for two years and brought an investment property And then like all of these blogs on social media started to pick it up and then I posted it and it got like a lot of views, like I think it got like six thousand likes. And mm. um, he actually, we actually spoke. Um, so, but I say that I to say, a lot of times people complain about not getting press. But we're in the day and age now where you could create your own
1: press. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. you made
2: that article, and that's really the reason why you're here now because somebody sent me that and was like, "Get them on the podcast," and I'm like reached out. So it's like, I think that that's brilliant. Whereas you had a story, that's an interesting story, right? As opposed to trying to just pitch it to a million different publications and then waiting to see who picks it up, you put it out yourself. It went viral, and then publications picked it up. Yeah. From there, you got a whole bunch of opportunities because now it was great promotion, mm-hmm. but it's also education as well. Because, like you were saying to us, even with like um, you know, just you use the example of black women that graduate at higher rate than anybody else, right? But you know, they're starting businesses, but they, may, they get in funding at, at a lower rate than anybody else. The
1: lowest rate. Let, let's be clear. Black women are getting venture capital at the lowest rate. They're getting the smallest amount of venture capital of anybody getting venture capital in this country right now. But they are graduating. They are the most educated. They are graduating college in our country at the highest rate. That That's bananas to me. That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, I wanted that article, and, and for those that, that, you know, are listening, you can just Google why I turned down a million dollars, Jabari, or, you know, just honestly, if you just Google why I turned down a million dollars, it's the first thing that'll pop up. But I wrote it on Medium, and, you know, I wanted, like, those people, those type of people to read this thing, right? Like, the up-and-coming entrepreneurs that look like us to understand the, the pitfalls and the things that you should be, like, even just if you are, like, some people just needed to to, to to get a introduction to what terms like valuation mean or yeah. what terms like or, equity mean. Or what a venture capitalist or is. Or what a venture capitalist even yeah. is, right? So it's just, you know, and it may take you 20 minutes to read the article, but I guarantee you that you'll walk away from the article with some information that you that you might not have known before. And, you know, I tried to make it entertaining. I put jokes in there and stuff like that. But it's just like it's informative, and I think that that's the that's the main thing. It's like right now we are using so much of our time to entertain us, but how much of our time is actually informing us when we're when we're spending hours on these social media platforms, you know? Yeah. And that was the whole goal with like with the article is just trying to inform us.
2: Mm, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right. Um. So, what's next? What's next for, for colors and R and B
1: Oh, man. So, um, huge, huge recent announcement is we just announced our first R&B-only music festival. Um, So, for anybody that's in Orlando, Florida, honestly, for everybody in America (laughs) and and abroad, you know, fly in, man. (laughs) So, uh, you know, like we said, our our show is primarily a DJ-based show. And sometimes we have guest artists pop out. We've had people like Jaquise, Keisha Cole, Omarion. We've had a lot of R&B stars, Tank. Um, perform at our shows, and now this is the first time where we've announced artists that are actually gonna be there and they're performing. It's an outdoor venue. We're gonna have food trucks. We're gonna have uh, actually, I never haven't announced this yet, but this is a earn your leisure exclusive. Yeah, we actually have um, two helicopters that oh, are gonna wow. be uh, at this show where you can uh, take helicopter rides and fly above the festival and like take pictures and stuff Real like that. Big. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna Real be you know big. crazy. Um, it's at the pl- this place in Orlando called uh, the Orlando Amphitheater, and yeah, I mean tickets are selling fast, so we really, you know, hope you guys. You got some come big through. names coming, right? Yeah, yeah, Ashanti, um, Queen Niger and uh, a new r&b artist by the name of yk osiris who yeah. has like a top billboard hit right now it's called worth it yeah it's like i would give he's the on world. the cover of double xl mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. A freshman uh-huh. freshman ten. you just gotta be worth it i'm not an r&b singer <laughs> but you know a lot of times when you when you sing the song people know what you're talking about but yeah he's a freshman uh this year on double xl the only r&b artist on the freshman yeah. list um and yeah it's it's uh that's gonna be huge for us we also have another show with Ashanti and um, and uh, another up-and-coming R&B artist by the name of uh, Kiana Lede this Friday. Um, by the time they hear this, it might be over, but uh, in D.C. But, yeah, the music festival so is the biggest on two thing. gigs? Yeah, Ashanti's on two gigs with us. Shanti, Shanti was
0: on my wall <laughs> in 2004. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, I, I bet. Shout, shout out to Ashanti. Um, yeah, yeah but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, if
1: you go to rnbonly.com slash Orlando or just find us on Instagram um, at rnbonly, the letter N, Um, you know, that's where all the info is, man. And you know, you can see past shows, what we have going on in the future. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's huge for us in terms of the show, uh, elements. We also have, you know, a bunch of shows where we're DJing and just like our current team. Like we have Miami coming up. We have Sacramento. Um, we have a big show in LA coming up. That's kind of like a farewell to LA because, uh, we're taking a break until we do another music festival in Los Angeles. Um, and then yeah merch new merch is coming we have media coming we have a bunch of shows that we're working on that would be like digital shows in the r&b space we're really trying to own r&b so we want anybody who knows about r&b music in the genre we want r&b only to be synonymous with that and not just a live event but also content also you know audio content you know music like we we Eventually we want to start Putting out compilations Right So remember back in the days Like Rough Riders Volume 1, 2, yeah, and 3 man. We want to do that for R&B Like R&B only Volume 1, 2, and 3 That's like the Type of thing
0: Remember those commercials Where they had the R&B Like the, the CDs It would be like 30 songs Oh yeah, yeah, yeah
1: Exactly <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, yeah Uh huh So like, like that But just like You know now, for, for, for today's consumer Right yeah. So like stuff that would be On Spotify Apple Music That type of stuff But um, yeah Just really being The curators And purveyors of r&b music we even signed to r&b artists you know his name is will wildfire um so he's been like opening up shows for us um go check him out too incredible for a new artist yeah for a new artist right like he's able to like get in front of this huge audience that we have around the around the nation you know um so yeah there's a lot of stuff coming even even and that's just on the r&b only front right but as colors grows We're gonna start producing other events and live shows in other verticals that were underserved. We thought R&B was a huge underserved market, and so you know we're we're looking in places where you know there's other opportunities, right? So maybe it's food, maybe it's Latin music, maybe it's um you know certain things in the beauty category. Um, But we touched the
0: comedy space too, right?
1: Comedy, yep, yep. Comedy, we're we got a lot more stuff happening in comedy in the near future, twenty twenty. Um, yeah. So you know. Uh, even even if if people have events, right, like I'm even interested in if there are certain events that are happening right now and that need help and that are looking to grow and expand and, you know, have the potential for a national footprint. I'm interested in potential partnerships. You know what I mean? i putting those events under the colors umbrella um, and, and and helping expand, you know. And, and, and do partnerships with people as well. So that's something that, uh, you know, we're looking at as well.
2: What's your Instagram?
1: So my Instagram is Jabari. It's, it's simple, J-A-B-A-R-I. It's just my name. Um, sometimes I say just Jabari, <laughs> and then people be like, oh, it's just like, <laughs> J-U-S-T. No, it's, it's just my name, uh, Jabari. And then uh, the R&B Only Instagram is at R&B Only, and the Colors Worldwide Instagram, that's the parent company that owns R&B Only. Um, it's just colors
0: worldwide So pretty simple For all those nice.
2: Keep it simple yeah. Keep it simple Keep it simple guys <laughs> All right We're busy man Troy
0: Yeah <laughs> yeah Shout out to everybody On Patreon.com uh, Backslash on your leisure You know that is Our proud to pay program We've had a lot of supporters uh, You know that have Come on there Got advice from us uh, Had conversations with us I want to give a shout out To Terry He's on one of our older um, Patrons He actually did a video um, Shouting us out Out in Oakland So shout out to everybody In the Bay Shout out to Terry um, and like I said, every, every episode, it's a five-tier program. Um, you can join any at any level, and um, we're going to provide information to you either way. There's some bonus content on there as well. You get a chance to get the, the podcast you know, a few days earlier, obviously with no ads. And um, yeah, bonus features. So keep logging on to that. Our merch is up on earnyourleisure.com. We have some new merch that's coming up as, long as, as well as some few initiatives that we're going to be launching in the very near future.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then once again, um, as I said previously, uh, my calendar is on EarnYourLegion.com as well. So a lot of time people ask me. Everybody knows I'm a financial advisor at this point. So you have questions, you got an inheritance, you want to roll over old 401k from a job, you want to invest, you can feel free to book a 30-minute free consultation. Uh, my calendar is on EarnYourLegion.com. And as Troy said, we'll also be rolling out some very exciting things um, that we're, we're excited about very soon. My book tip of the week is uh, was a gift from Jabari to us. Um, it's called Ego is the Enemy um, by Ryan Holiday. So um, we talked about it off camera as far as a lot of times ego. Ego is the enemy in everything. Oh, yeah. Business, relationships, all kinds of stuff. Ego can lead you to make very bad decisions, and um, your pride can put you in very bad spots. So mastering your ego, understanding your ego is extremely important. So... That is the book tip of the week. Check it out for sure. And um, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.
1: Appreciate it. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with spot me and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card divided by Bancorp, Bank NIA, or Stride Bank NIA. Members of TIC. Spot me eligibility
2: requirements and overdraft limits apply.
1: Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts?
2: Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition.